Good morning, and welcome to Garden Talk on 650-CKOM and 980-CJME. I'm Jay Thomas. With me, like always, Rick and Jill Van Dyvendijk. We've got the guys, the whole gang back in the studio finally today. Good morning, guys. Good morning. <laughs> hey, i got to start out with something really cool. So I uh, stopped. I, we had kind of a late night last night. I was We live in Saskatoon, and uh, at the Nutana Legion was a 20s party that we went to with some friends, which was really awesome. There was a big band playing and a casino night. It was really cool. Everybody was all dressed up. But this morning, I got the extra large coffee. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. At, at Tim Horton's. It's funny you didn't need a wheeler to bring that in here. Yeah, that's like a gallon <laughs> of coffee. But I got to say thank you to the person in the black Chevy truck in front of me at the drive-thru who paid for my drink. Oh, there you go. I just rolled up and the guy from Tim Hortons leans out the window and hands me the coffee and I'm about to give him some change. And he says, nope, the truck in front of you paid for it. Really? <laughs> there you so go. I thought, Pay it forward. So if you're listening this morning to the black Chevrolet truck on Ottawa Drive at the Tim Hortons, thank you very much. There you go. Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I would have done the same thing for the person behind me. The drive-thru was empty behind me. So what could I do? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just give them 10 bucks and be like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's like towards. Sure, that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Garden Talk. one 332 8255 We're looking at uh, a pretty brown uh, seascape here, yep. you know, for a lot of... We thought we were going to get well, some things landscape last week. Some white chunks on that river. I guess this, this yeah, on the ice on the river. <laughs> I yeah, think the southeast Saskatchewan got some got some snow. Yes, yes, it tried in Saskatoon yeah. this week. It tried to snow. Yeah. What Thursday we got kind of a wintry. It was raining. We yeah. were squeegeeing puddles out of the parking lot. Really squeegeeing puddles. Wow. Yes. It was crazy. So it tried, but we didn't really get any snow where we are. I know yeah. other parts of the province definitely have snow. Like you said, there's some areas that got hit pretty hard. Yeah. And Maybe someone's listening from the southwest that can text us yeah. or, or, or give us a call and let us know how much the snow they did get. Yeah. How about we, we put that, yeah. that call out? If you're, if you're listening to us this morning, text us. Let us know how much you have. Do you have any snow where you are? Because we want to kind of yeah. get an idea. Yeah. How's it doing up in PA in the, in yeah. the northern parts? How's it doing the down south. by yeah. the yeah. current? Yeah, up, I know up by my nephew's up by McPhee Lake, and uh, he was saying that there's barely any snow on the ice, and the ice, I think, is around, I think he said 8 inches, 12 inches thick. So, oh, that's not bad. So, yeah. Well, I think because there's been no snow on the ice, it's actually freezing it's deeper. It's freezing deeper, right, quicker, mm-hmm. yeah. No insulation. The other thing that's happening... I know Blackstrap is like a humongous skating rink. I was just going to say, <laughs> what, what's happened is the way it's frozen, yeah. it's, and, and then we got we actually got like the rain this yeah. week on top of yeah. that, that froze again, yeah. but that's all made it really smooth. Yeah. Like I you know. could just, you know, when, when we do get snow, yeah. it's going to be easy to have a really perfect skating rink on, yeah. on open I water. I have to get my ice skates out and just sort of find these little ponds and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. with the ponds, they don't open them up until no. the cities deem them, yeah. because I did actually look out, and because of like the the water flowing through there's actually quite a few open areas along the edge of some of those ponds still yes too. yeah so you have to be careful Careful because and there's also underground springs and all those mm-hmm. kind of things you know yeah uh, so guys, plus four on wednesday plus four yeah wow but, but monday four. is minus 17 yes. for the evening uh, so you know yeah, as lo- the rest of the week's okay but as soon as i whenever i say i always say if we get below minus 15 that's when you get more damage with no snow with your perennials and those kind of things. So, yeah. And especially so, when we're having such warm days where things are like warming up yeah. and then you get these minus 17, minus yeah. 20 at night. Yeah. And that's when we start, especially with my perennials, yeah. like my hostas, my heucheras, my yeah. I think one night is not going to be uh, an, 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 as much of an issue. 
But if we had multiple nights below minus 15, that would be an issue. Yeah, make sure so. you're mulching around your Okay, yeah, so I was going to say, what can we do? We, yeah. We, yeah. If we've got those bags of leaves hanging around. Okay, yep. now in the bags of leaves, I want to mention this because a customer came in the other day, and this is a little bit of an issue because it's so warm. So they've made these pillows. We talk about it. Yep. So a white bag, putting them, filling them full of your leaves, and then sort of fluffing them up and putting them on top of your plants. So yep. they did that, but now what they're finding, because it's been so warm, they have mold growing underneath that and is that going to harm the plant that that type of mold yeah. um so what i would suggest in those instances is maybe take those take it off for the take day it off for the day let some airflow go in there yeah. and mm-hmm. um if you think that it's going to be a problem it's going to be below zero it's going to going to knock down any of that stuff right away anyway so you can take some yeah. copper bordeaux spray if you think that funguses yeah. and things like that and put that down and that will that will sort of help prevent funguses from getting in there too it's kind of uh i wouldn't say unshared chartered territory but you know it's no. very unusual for us to have to deal with this sort of scenario, yeah. like what we're seeing in, in the Saskatoon area in the middle of the province, is that, yeah, we've got colder temperatures. We, you know, by this time, normally it's just covered in snow. It doesn't matter, right? Most, like of, most of us haven't had to deal with shoveling snow. It's been kind of awesome. I know. That My snowblower, the wheel's still off of it. I have to get that fixed. No, 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 no. It's, it hasn't snowed because <laughs> the wheel's off of it. Yes, okay. You put it back on, it's going to okay. snow, Jill. So Jay, just, I'm calling you when it needs to be done. Never mind. I know. <laughs> See, this is this is the problem. All the city dwellers listening go, yeah, yeah no snow, that's great, it's fine. You know, I know a lot of producers around yeah. the province are yes. are desperate for snow, and, th- and that's are. a reality. We so, need that. We so, need that I say it tongue in cheek, of course. Yeah, I like it when it doesn't snow. The roads stay nice and dry, and it's yep. safe to drive, and things like that. But I know, understand that it's got to snow. And yep. but we are talking about that when it snows, you want it to be cold and snow, so you don't have to wash your car all the time. Yes, that. And you know what? The first one, let's get like a big dump. Like let's <laughs> let's make it so I can't even go to work. No. Right? Oh come on, Jay! I don't want that. Yeah, that's no. fun. That's an adventure. <laughs> I remember when it happened. That happened. What it was it 2019 or 2020? We 20. had that big d- dump. Yeah. And I remember we got a huge trip and shipment of tropicals. I was year. working for Dutch Growers you that were day. Working <laughs> huge shipment of tropicals, and I'm driving my expedition, my bus, I call it, and I get a phone call, and I. We needed employees to, to, so I like took my vehicle and I drove around and picked up all the staff and we got stuck and Mm -hmm. studded tires. We got stuck in the snow. So we're all out there (laughs) shoveling my vehicle out of the snow, but we all made it to unload a truck of tropicals. Yeah, I could, I couldn't even get, that was, yeah, I think it was 2020. That was that, it was, but it was a November day, right? It was like early. It was, you know, it was really, it was a lot of snow, but I spent, I think four hours snow blowing my driveway that day. Yeah. It was about that long, but then it didn't matter because yeah. I had to wait for the plow to come because my neighbor next to me, yeah. he did the same thing. He took his big truck out, his yeah. four by four Chevy truck. It got stuck. So what does my little SUV have, you know, as a hope in that case? Yeah. Nothing, right? right? Nothing. So I had to actually wait. Uh, just lucky aisle where I live, it, it, the plow came pretty quick. one yep. Let's go to the text line because we got something that's coming here from Mark, who's in bigger. What are the little fly-like bugs with the stripes on their wings? Hmm, stripes on their wings. Yes. Where do they come from? How do you get rid of them? Yeah, they're, they're like a little house fly, and they got different stripes. variety. Yeah, right? they got different. We got them in our house, like lots of them. We we vacuum up probably around six to ten of them every day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, I'm not sure where. I think they they got into the house earlier. You know, in the fall. And like our house in the, in, is all woodwork inside, so it's all you know timbers and that kind of stuff. So I think they hide in the in the cracks and the timbers and everything else. Right. And as the sun comes out and house warms up, and then you know they're all around the windows, especially wherever the sun is, right? So um, I'm not even sure, but they're like a house flies, but they're they're docile. So 
you could just take your vacuum cleaner and just, I just take my vacuum cleaner and I suck them up and they don't even try to fly away. <laughs> so, okay, but how to get rid of them? I mean, like sticky yeah. sticks? We have yeah, those. Just, or sticky sticky traps, or you can buy fly, fly stickies if you want, you know? Yeah. It's all, all those fly kind of things. Strips, yeah. That, that would catch them as well. And like I said, I just, I just take the vacuum cleaner. Okay. So, except we've got a couple tall windows where I have to get my ladder out to get them, but. Are those things going to be, uh, like laying eggs in soil of plants and stuff like that? <laughs> I don't know where they, where they'd be laying their eggs. The only place they could be, and I guess is, is where, because they don't seem around my sink and that kind of stuff. They just seem around the windows, right? So they probably around the plants and those kind of things mm-hmm. in the soil. And they, yeah, they, cause we did have a lot of plants that we brought in from outside. And mm-hmm. so, um, so they could have been, they could have came in the soil of our plants as well. Okay, so you can use the nematodes. That's an idea too, right? Like if yeah. make sure that they don't come back. These ones here aren't aren't going to multiply a ton okay. in in yeah. your house. That that variety, it's it's mostly like you're going to suck them up. They're going to be gone. Okay, um, and and yeah. then that's going to be it. They're not like your fungus gnats where you're, they're having. They're going to be. Yeah. You're going to wake up in the morning. And you're going to have millions. Yeah, and right. Have to deal with that problem. It's it's not that type of fly. Just use the fly swatter. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they don't like I said they're docile. You can go up to a piece of Kleenex and even. Pick them up with a piece of clean because they don't try really kind of fly. They're kind of dumb, hey? They're kind of dumb. Yeah. Okay. There you go, Mark. We are going to talk about Christmas trees in yep. a second. Now, I'll talk about that that fly. Okay. It's called. We're going go back to that text. Yes. We'll go back to that text. It's called the picture wing fly. Okay. It's a house fly, distinct bark. They come in the fall in autumn. And that's what ours is. So obviously, right? yeah. Come in the fall. Early autumn, often around the windows. Yep, exactly. Right. Uh, but they, they basically, um, uh, lay their eggs around native plants, aster and sunflower family mainly. And, uh, so, um, uh, so they go around plants. They end up, they usually, they'll, they'll just end up dying. Like that's why they're so docile and that kind of stuff. So, uh, they don't, they won't lay eggs inside the house. From okay. What this is saying. So you don't have to worry about that. Perfect. Excellent. Okay. So, uh, we're going to talk about what a Christmas tree, what to do with a Christmas tree that's, not pulling in water. We'll get to that in a moment, right? Okay. We'll come to that. But first, we're going to go to the phone lines. Waiting patiently in Corning is Les. Good morning, Les. Good morning. Um, yeah, we've got a little bit of snow on the ground. It's white. Oh, uh, good. Down, good. Down okay. In the southeast, so I guess that carbon tax we've been paying worked for us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You were coming. <laughs> not really. All right, uh, so what's your question I, for us this morning? I, we've got uh, Calva Lily. Okay. And we, we got it a couple of years ago, and last year uh, when the wife potted it into a bigger pot, it grew phenomenal. And it, this thing is, the root ball is just huge. And we're wondering if we can split that calla lily into two. Yes, you definitely can. So the process of that is, is you want that bulb to go dormant. Have the leaves died back down into the bulb yet? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then have you sort of dusted the soil off of the off the bulb so you can kind of see the structure of the bulb? You betcha. Okay, perfect. And then what you're going to do is you're going to look at the bulb and you're going to see the main part of the bulb and then there's almost like growth coming off the side of the bulb. Right. Yeah, so you can separate those. And if you want to, if you uh, just do a Google search, there is some great YouTube videos that you can see, and it will show you exactly where to cut them. That's what I would suggest. But right now when it's dormant, now is when you want to do it because you want to put them back into cold storage for a little bit after you do that before you plant them back up in January, February. 
Oh, you do this before? Yeah, so I'll do that right now. I'll put them back into storage, and then I will plant them back up again January, February to get them going. I'd probably do February, beginning of March. Otherwise, they're going to be too leggy and long. And Well, if you have grow lights, then you could probably do it, but it depends when you want them to bloom, too. If you want them to bloom, like, early parts of May, middle of May, um, then I would plant them up earlier. If you want them to bloom later on, keep them in cold storage a little bit longer. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, this plant, like it bloomed the first year we had bought it. The, yeah. well, last summer, it grew a phenomenal foliage, but no bloom. Okay. And when you get it going, um, I usually will start with like a 10-52-10 fertilizer for one single watering when you're getting it going, getting the roots established. And then I'll switch to like a 15-30-15 fertilizer when it's kind of finished growing those leaves and you wanted to get it rebloomed. That will, that 15-30 with just that little bit of spike in the middle, that will help force those blooms to come Even up. a little bit of bone meal. Yeah. You know, get some of that organic other stuff in there as well. Yeah, so. exactly. Okay. I think we used uh, 20-20-20. Yeah, so 20-20-20 is a great all-purpose to get it growing, get those leaves lush. But then when you're, if you're having trouble getting to bloom, switch to a 15-30-15. The, the only thing about 20-20-20 is starting off your bloom, it's going to make you stretch too much. That's the only thing I don't like about the 20 nitrogen. So yeah. it, it, if you do it, I would do it half strength type of thing. If I was doing a 20-20-20 early in, if, you're, if I was going to plant in January, February, let's say. In the house, yes. In the house. Because you don't have as much Out in light. the garden, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Just in the house. Yeah, yeah. So about the end of January, first part of February, try to get it going again. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. So that sounds good. All right, enjoy. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Les. Take care. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. We're going to go to the text line because those keep coming in here too. So this is Barb, who's in North Battleford. Are climbing petunias a good alternative to morning glories for a climbing vine? How high do they grow and do they require deadheading? Okay, so climbing petunias, um, you're more looking at when you say a climbing petunia, it's more like a hedge petunia. Okay. Um, So it's not actually like making tendrils and climbing on a fence or anything. It's more just growing up and it gets like a massive bush. Um, and so a variety that there, that you can get seeds for is called a tidal wave petunia. Um, those ones will get up to about four, four feet tall. Okay. Um, and she says in substitution for a morning glory. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not going to do the same thing. It's no. not going to climb a fence as a morning as glory will, it would. will actually yeah. climb up the fence. The yeah. only thing about petunia is you're going to get like way more flower power with a petunia than you will a morning glory. Right. So, you're better off to have a plant up top and let it hang down your fence. It would do better than trying to climb up a fence. Yeah. And I've yeah. seen that like even on a, on an arbor, they actually like mounted some pots to the top of the arbor with oh. petunias. Yep. And then the petunias just cascaded over the top. Yeah. Spill all the way down. Like yeah. They'll spill a long ways down. So yeah. that, that's a way that you can definitely yeah. do it. Um, just put a drip irrigation on it though, because you'll have the water a lot. So it's <laughs> <laughs> a great idea for yeah. sure. Cause those petunias are heavy, heavy feeders. Yep. Um, but with morning glories, a lot of people like they love them, but they usually don't bloom until like about mid mid to late summer. They'll start blooming. They're a little bit longer growing season. So that's that's maybe why you want to get some flower power going. You want to switch to a petunia. Um, I would suggest maybe mounting some pots onto your trellis or onto your fence to to get that look if you want more vertical. Okay, perfect. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We can go one more text here. Uh, this is from Irene, who's in Martinsville. Good morning. I transplanted some geraniums and brought them inside. Will I expect there to be bugs and flies in the soil? Oil. There's none so far, but could that happen? Um, just keep an eye on it. Remember, they they like moist, damp, dark areas, and so fungus gnats. Fungus gnats. Um, it's something you just have to be checking. And I say it's integrated pest management. It's 
checking your plants, all of them, like every mm-hmm. 10 to 12 days. Put a just, little, put one of those little tiny sticky traps that you have for house plants in them. And then if you put one of those out there, when you go back to check, you'll know right away. You don't have to check all over the place. You can see them on the sticky trap. But if you're not noticing something right away and yeah. you're not keeping that soil super moist, you're not usually going to get, get any trouble with that. Okay, perfect. All right, let's let's talk about Christmas trees because Jill. Okay, uh, I always get really ambitious. The eager beaver. Yeah, and the eager beaver. Uh, the eager beaver. Eager, eager beaver. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I always put my Christmas tree up as soon as they arrive. So this year they arrived on the 18th of November. So I was like, hey, you know what? This is a great idea. Let's put my Christmas tree up, and <laughs> it was drinking like six liters a day of Whoa, water, wow. like yeah, for was. for forever. And um, about three days ago, it stopped drinking water. Yeah. I went to go fill it up, and my I didn't even look. I just went to fill it up because it drinks so much all the time, and I heard drip, drip, drip. And uh-oh. I'm like, uh oh, the stand is overflowing because it's already full. It's not sucking anymore. Yeah. So um, that is actually pretty normal. Um, about a, about like it's been. Mm-hmm. It's been a month. It's been like a little less than a month, month, like three three weeks. weeks. So like usually after your tree's been up for three weeks, it's normal for it to stop sucking water. It's it's not alive. It's it's a dead plant that you're basically just have sitting in water to prolong the life Mm -hmm. of it. So what you you can do now mm -hmm. is take your cordless drill, right? Put a half inch, three eighths, half inch bit onto it, you know? bigger the bit the better and and drill some holes on an angle uh, down uh, just under the water level. Okay. Okay. So and where the water level would be. Yeah. Where the water level would be underwater, and then you don't have to pull your tree out of the stand, obviously, to make a new cut. And that way you can drill about, you know, five or six holes around the trunk, mm-hmm. and then that'll make it areas for the plant to suck water up again. Okay. So basically the bottom of the, of the, where it's been cut on yep. the, the stump, on the, yep. you know, it's main sealed stem. Up. It's, it's sealed, sealed up. up again. Yep. Yeah. So it's not sucking water. So I wanted to get it to suck water. And the other thing that I should have done, because I set it up really quick, is I should have put some, uh, some wilt proof on there which is a it's like a spray that you put on the tree and it just sort of seals it up a little bit more so anytime you're you're wanting your your greens or something to last more than that three to four weeks you probably should do that as well so i i use that for the we did some some green arrangements for the outside of our house yeah i use the wilt proof stuff I, i found though it was it worked best when you like the instructions say Basically, I laid it all down on, on newspaper in my garage, yep. sprayed it all, flipped them, sprayed it all, but then I let it sit for a good long time. Yeah. Like it was, dry. It has to dry out. Otherwise, it's sticky and gooey. And, it's and, like spraying white glue. That's what it looks like, right, the consistency yeah. of it. But later, when it dried out, it actually kind of gave it a bit of a glossy look, mm. which is kind of neat. Yeah. And then uh, and it's, it seems to be working really good. So. Yeah, it works great. It works wonders, actually. We want to talk about this because in the Garden Center, we've gotten lots of calls about pruning. And yep. it's interesting because normally... Normally, again, this time of year, we don't actually have the capacity to do much of that. No, you usually don't want to haul so, your ladder out into the snow and get up onto it and, yep. and prune your stuff. Your tools are usually all in your sheds, and it's, yeah, and it's, it's done and for it's, this And it's colder than this, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but so, we can do some pruning. Yeah, yeah, a lot of your fruit trees, those kind of things, you get out there and there's no snow to worry about. You can clean up, you know, you don't have to pick You're up looking branches. looking for, like, crossing branches. Yeah, crossing branches, uh, any long branches that kept hitting you with the lawnmower all summer long, you know, you can trim <laughs> those off. And yeah. any suckers coming out, water, water sprouts, which I call branches that come out of the side of the trunk and grow straight up through the middle of the tree, which they can end up crossing again. Yep. You can take those out and uh, you can thin the top out. Uh, some people like to pollard top the tree down so they don't they can reach all the apples i don't like doing that because it creates all a whole every time you make one cut you're going to get two new branches and then you do that the next year you're going to get four <laughs> so, so it's a rat's nest but it's a rat's top. nest yeah. so i like to thin it rather than pollard pollard to cut the whole top off if you are going to cut the top off then you need to go 
once the new growth happens in June, you need to go up there and thin it back down to one again. That's what they do in all the orchards, okay? They they have arborists that go through the tree and are, are maintaining the tree as the season goes on, just not once a year, once every five years or whatever, right? They're doing it constantly. So that's why they can top it because they're using mechanical pickers and or whatever. They don't want them that tall, but they go arborists are trimming them more often than we are uh-huh. in our yards. So that's why I say just thin it, let the tree grow up as long as it high as it wants. You can get yourself a we have telescoping baskets that you can pick the apple pickers that you can get those apples that are way at the top if you want or leave them for the birds, right? And it's, um, it's kind of cool how like pruning is a little bit of an art form. Like you can shape your tree different yep. ways. Mm-hmm. You can prevent disease by doing it that yeah. way. I, yeah. I remember I was just this yeah. past week, my dad was sitting in his desk and I was looking over his shoulder. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like looking at pictures in the city of trees that have kind of branched off in weird directions. And yeah. he's like, well, I'm I'm rating these trees on on how how much they're going to be worth, and a lot of times, how much these trees are worth is based on how much they've been pruned, either because yep. of power lines or. Yeah, it's doing an evaluation of a tree that has to be removed, but what's that tree worth? Mm-hmm. Right, so it goes by how the structure is, and you know the species of tree. There's a lot of right. different things that that go into my formulas and try to figure it Does out. Does it have so, disease? Is it have disease? broken yep. or cracked? Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then we went back into the reminiscing stages, and I was yep. like, Hey, Dad, like. Why? Why do you know so much about this? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why? Like, we were we're a garden center. We saw annuals and perennials, but yeah. like back in the day, Dutch growers we used to have a, a tree pruning division. Well, and I grow, and I've, we had we have a tree nursery as well. So I grow yeah, trees growing forever. trees forever. Yeah. But like, we used to actually go out to yards and we used to do a ton yeah. of pruning. And yeah, for, for like, like ten or fifteen years, well, we about did twenty that. years, I pruned. Yeah, just, wow, just so, as a service for anybody. And it, well, for me. It, that that was my Training. going to school because because when I pruned people's yards, I saw a, um, a mock orange or a potentilla or a dogwood or a mm-hmm. nine bark, and I saw them. Oh, look how big this plant gets! Right. So now because everything go, everything in the in the, yeah. in the garden center is always nursery it's size. It's a little small, and right? Small. And yeah. you see a uh, you see a note on on the uh, on a description how big it gets, but sometimes descriptions are. Not exactly accurate. You know? yeah, yeah. It's like so, this is how big it grows if grown in ideal circumstances. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so what's going to happen if like a plant is like basically going dormant every year and then restarting? It's it's yeah. very different than if a plant's growing in say a zone six, zone yeah. seven. So it's it's so it's all very my experience cool. came from yeah. all that just doing mm-hmm. that many years of pruning. And knowing how you know how to prune trees and and how they're going to look and how they're supposed to look and everything else, so yeah. it's all experience. Cool. All right. So get pruning out there is what we want to say. Mm-hmm. All right. Now let's go to the phone lines one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're going to go to Battleford right now and talk to Ken. Hi there, Ken. How are you? Oh, not too bad. It's kind of scratchy throat. Yep. Excuse me. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, got any snow over there? No. Yes. Brown as can be. Yeah. Brown as can be. Yeah. Well, you what's your question for us? Uh, I noticed some green uh, junipers when I was in the city, eh? They seem to be a ground cover. Yep. I don't know the name of them, but I like to know if you cut six-inch uh, slips off them and, and try to root them. Would that work or else? No, uh, it, it works. It works. You can take cuttings off in in this, in this. You can try with some of the junipers. You can do a hardwood cutting. Uh, you'd have to put them into a, a like a Jiffy Seven or a peat pot or something like that, and, and use a ro- rooting hormone speci- yeah, specifically be, for a it'd be hardwood. Ro- rooting hormone number three. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what it would be. You yeah. can try to get them, or you can even sometimes you can stick them in just a glass of water. Sometimes, but it, it might not work. 
That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah, it may work that way, um, but um, but yeah, I know the the the, um, the nurseries do take slips off of junipers and they do grow them that way. And um, uh, but you can try to do that. But into a peat pot is probably the best way to do it. Was it's that's where I find when if they're going to root, they root into the peat moss better than just regular soil. Okay. Yeah, and to keep some moisture in that peat moss around the edge, sometimes I'll take a piece of saran wrap and saran wrap around the base of it, and then also and then mist it. And then always often. misting it quite often so that that top doesn't dry out, okay? Oh, yeah. So. Okay, they've got little blue berries in them, too. Could them seed? That's the seed, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's the seed. You use them? You can use them, but they may not come true to name, okay? The same as what you had. They might turn into more of a native type, more of an, an open, not full type of juniper, Okay, because they because okay. cross pollinated then, right? When they when and so then they may not be true to that what that seed of that plant that you picked. So that's a no no then or what? Yeah, but it'll be a juniper, so it'll still be a juniper when it grows. Yes, it'll be a ground cover then. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. But um, what is the name of these uh, junipers that grow? There's a whole bunch of them. Like the, they go at different heights. Okay, if you wanna, if you want right low to the ground, then you're talking about a Prince of Wales or a Bar Harbor with blue one. If you want one that's about 12 inches tall, then you're talking about a Scandia. If you want one about three feet tall around that range, then it's called a, a, a Sabina or Savin juniper. And there's not so the ground cover one would be Prince of Wales, right? Eh? Right flat to the ground would be uh, Prince of Wales or Bar Harbor, or or Yukon Bell is another one too. Bar Harbor. Yeah, yep. Bar Harbor or Blue Rug is another name for it. Okay, very okay. good. Thank you for your. You're welcome. Yep. Okay, thank you. Have bye. a good day, Ken. Thanks a lot. Uh, bye bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're going to swing back to one one thing we were talking about earlier because uh, we got a text that's rolled in. It was about uh, Jill's tree. It's just sitting in the water now. Laura in Saskatoon says, "Good morning. How much should a Christmas tree drink each day?" Yesterday we did ten liters. That was the first day. This morning it only needed two liters. Yeah, yeah it, it will change. It will drink a lot, especially right after you do that first cut. Yeah, all that moisture is going to be sucked up and go right back into the tree, and then after that it's going to slow down a little. Now, bit. if it drunk ten liters the first day, if it draw, if it drank it. Right, drink it. <laughs> if it drank it dry, classes, if it yeah. drank it dry, yeah, <laughs> drunk it dry or drink it dry. dry. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been doing some drunken? <laughs> What's in your coffee yeah, this morning? <laughs> okay, so oh, sorry. If, it, if, it, if it went dry, then you're going to air pockets in the st- stem, and then it doesn't suck up as much anymore. Right. So that's why you don't want to let it dry out, okay? So if it did dry out completely, you might have air pockets, and that's why it's not sucking up as much. And then you need to do, if it continues to do that, then you need to drill the holes, okay? Right. So, Laura, keep an eye on that. Sometimes, yep. if if, I mean, if, it, if it stops immediately, like it drinks a whole bunch of water in one day or two days, and then it's, after three days it's done, not taking anything else, that yep. might mean you have to recut that bottom of, yep. the, of the trunk again, yep. right? Or, or drill the holes, yeah. Drill the holes in the side. Okay, yep. that means that Christmas time is just around the corner, and yep. lots of... Christmas gift ideas for the gardener in your family. So I, yeah. I think with no snow, it's catching people by surprise. Oh, certainly. Because right? that snow usually triggers us triggers. into that, you know, sort yeah. of Christmas spirit yeah. feeling. Yeah. People aren't realizing it is December, what is it right now? Today's the, the 10th. The 10th. Right? It's December the 10th. We've got 15, 15 days. Exactly. Right? To the big day. Yeah. So that's, you know, and that's, it's really only like, 
two weeks. It says 15 days, but we got this week and we got the next week. Well, and and Christmas then Christmas Eve is falls on a Saturday. So usually Sunday, sorry, on a Sunday. Sunday yeah. And a lot of places like us at Dutch Growers, we're going to be closed on that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so yep. you have to get your shopping done the day before Christmas Eve this year. Cause I know there's a lot of people who stop in and get those gift cards or those last minute things on Christmas Eve. So there is stores that are going to be closed because it is a Sunday this year. Plus I think if you've got family coming from out of town, they're going to be showing up a day or two before Christmas yep. right. on the Saturday and yep. then the Sunday and then sticking yep. around for Monday and Tuesday. Right. right? Yeah. I think it's so gonna it's going to come quicker than we think it's going to yep. be here. You but know? I think that not having snow is inspiring, like a little bit more gardening gift ideas too. So um, we're finding that people are picking up seeds, starting kits and grow light ideas and moisture meters and um, bird baths for their yard and pruners. pruners. So a lot of stocking stuff for stuff too, right? Yeah. There's, there's some, some great new things that you can, what do you get get mom and dad or grandma, right? Or grandpa or whatever. Mm -hmm. A a little wind chime to go into your yard that, uh, that might sort of a bird feeder, right? A bird feeder, a rain chain. Um, There's just a little bird house even. There's yep. so many neat things that you can do in the garden uh, that you can give as a give as a gift for at Christmas time. Yeah, a lot in, of people in don't lots think of different that. price ranges. Yeah, too. yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yep. So make sure you're having a look at your garden center that's close to you, local to you. I mean, a lot of uh, certainly the the big ones, such as you know Dutch growers, are going to have a lot of Christmas stuff out right now. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. And that's don't forget, by probably both Dutch growers, Regina and Saskatoon, by. I would say the middle, middle of this to week. End of this week. Middle to the end of this week. Uh, then there'll be just what's there'll be yeah. Christmas trees will They'll be, be picked done. over Christmas Well, okay, trees. we got an update from, from, oh, yes. uh, from Regina. Right, That's from our, Regina. Yep. They sent me a text and they just wanted to let us know. South of the province here, our Christmas trees are going to be sold out probably by mid to end of this week. They have lots of six, to seven, five to six foot trees left right now, but they're sold out of all the tall, tall ones, a right. few 10 foot left. But one thing really neat about the Dutch Grower Store in down Regina is they carry pine trees as well too as Christmas trees and we don't do that up north here. So if you're looking to find a, a long needled pine tree, mm-hmm. um, um, in your home, then that's you can. They're sold out, though. Those not not of those ones. They still have a few. Of oh, those. okay, excellent. Yeah. And uh, the other question I was going to ask is, how about the live greens? Do we get any of that? So we got them. I got so much. I ordered about fifty percent more. Oh wait. Sold out of white pine. Okay. You're right. I read that wrong. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. Um, they they sold out within the day. You're the, kidding. The whole shipment that usually lasts me a week sold out that day. And so I called my growers. He's like, Joe, we're not cutting anymore. It's too late. And I'm like, can you please do something for me? And he's like, I'm going to try. And so he went out into the forest that day. <laughs> I was like, we need to get on the truck tomorrow. I'm like, Mike, you'll, you'll be, this is my Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> So we went out the forest. He actually found some more silver fir, which we haven't been able to find because the snow levels in in that area are too high that he can't get to it to cut. Oh wow! And so he found. He said, "I've Jill, you know what? I found the most beautiful silver fir." So on Wednesday this week, we're going to have some greens. They're coming in on Tuesday. They're going to be here Wednesday. So we're really excited. We actually had to find different trucking and couriers to get oh, them wow. here. Yeah. But uh, we're going to have more cedar and some Douglas fir, some silver fir, and also some white pine coming in. So there is going to be one more shipment, which we didn't think was yeah. going to happen. I noticed there's a couple of the pop-up tree lots, you know, the ones that yep. show up mm-hmm. in the in the mall parking lot with yep. a chain link fence and an old uh, triple yep. E camper parking.
Parks and Side. Yes. And, and they had quite a few Christmas trees, yep. uh, I've spotted around, around the city. So, yep. you know, there's, yeah. there's still some opportunity for that, which is exactly good, right. Yeah. And it's, I love some of those. They're supporting some smaller yep. local businesses. And I some, know we used the, to do one of even those. Some of the grocery stores, not a lot of them have a, what I call, um, a number two Christmas mm-hmm. tree mm-hmm. and they're all tied up and they're a little thinner. And so you'll have to turn them so that they're facing. Or the, do a little bit of pruning on them. A lot of the garden centers open them up, so we can't have number twos because you can't sell them, right? So Because uh, people are trying to pick the perfect tree. So we have to have premium number ones So in order to do that. But mm-hmm. you will find you will find some, yeah, you, you won't go without. No, there'll, that's there'll for be, sure. There'll be some trees. That's for there. sure. And, and, and some of these pop-up lots are cool because it's a small business that's doing it, but it's also some locally grown trees, mm-hmm. which is neat too. You get some Saskatchewan trees. Yeah. There's that, that going yeah. forward as well. I remember so. years ago, you used to run one of those tree lots and it was a fundraiser for the school. Yep, yeah, that's right. For years. Yep. Uh, we got a quill, good text in the last kind of few moments of the show here. Uh, just no, no, uh, name, but it says we bagged leaves in black garbage bags to cover plants. Should we have used clear bags? Actually, white. White. White is the way to go. Reflects the light, affects the sunlight, right? So, so the pro- I find the clear, it will act as a greenhouse and a lot of humidity will build up in there Inside. with the clear. So, and then the black, it attracts, attracts the, the heat. heat as well. So then it, they heat up and they start decaying in the bag a little bit faster. If you made them flat and they've got snow over top of them, it's not going to matter, right? But the problem is, is always in the early, in the shoulder seasons now. Yeah. Or in the spring, when the sun's hitting them, they tend to warm up. A white kitchen bag is like the oh, best. The white bag is the best. A white garbage bag, yeah. Because it reflects the sun. Like. It reflects the sun. Now, it's... it's I looked because, up from my... That's the one thing my dad taught me is... Right. The one thing the your dad taught you? Yeah. The, oh, yeah. The one, sorry. The one thing. More million <laughs> one, things. One of the zillion you. things. Yeah. Exactly. Professor, Professor, <laughs> Ari, Professor taught, Ari taught me, yes. That's for sure. But the, the black... We're not trying to warm up the plant. We're just trying to insulate it. That's exactly. the point of why we don't want to use the black ones. So, I mean, for our text here does it you know does it matter this year well i mean if you if you get, got a chance to transfer the, the leaves go ahead yep. but it might just be warming things up a little yep, bit just, much there. just watch the, when the ground starts to thaw out in the spring just make sure you don't leave it on extra long right pull, pull you might off. end up with some compost inside those bags by the time you open them up too that's yep. possible as well <laughs> very true <laughs> One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. So the things we covered off today is you can go pruning outside. We can do that for yep. sure. If you got a Christmas tree, make sure you're checking that water, not letting it dry out. If yep. it does start to dry out, uh, get the drill out, drill some holes into the side of the trunk. You can do that. Live greens a little bit hard to find, but mm, they're coming. They're coming. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we we'll get some more. You can you keep scouting for that around there, right? Mm-hmm. And what else? Well, the Nature Society has put out their dates for their bird counts. So you can head to their, their site. You can either go to the Saskatoon Nature Society or the Saskatchewan Nature Society. Yep, for Regina and, and Saskatoon. Regina and Saskatoon. Um, starting even as soon as the 16th of December, you can go out and be a part of a community of bird counters and uh, sort of help determine how many birds are migrating and how many are staying and here. It's and all over. Right? When Saskatoon is warm and Osler, all that kind of stuff. And, and down by Clark's Ferry, there's... Uh, Elbow. Elbow. Crazy. Craven, the Dalgoni. There's a whole bunch. Craven, yeah. There's a bunch of places around. So you and can go to some fun. There's even a kids' bird count coming up. So it's just a fun way that you can get kids involved. So check out that website. I think that's great to be involved with something and connect with nature. Um, doing some nature hikes, like I know, um, even the Beaver Creek nature hike. Yep. They have some great areas there where you can feed the birds there too. All right, we got to take a take our leave here. So thanks for joining us today. We'll uh, we won't be live next week, and then the weekend after that is just about Christmas Eve. So We'll have a taped show for you then as well, but we'll see you in the new year, right? All right. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This has been Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.